Hey everybody, this is Mike Van Meter and welcome to the Mike Van Meter Show. And this is your one-stop shop for everything having to do with conservatism, patriotism, Americanism, and frankly, just the way that you ought to live your life. That's the way I look at it. And today I'm going to be continuing on with my series of candidates that are up for election here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, November 7th of 2023. However, uh, because we have football season, basketball season, baseball season, all these different seasons, we're going to have election season. So alert, uh, the early voting is going to be starting on September 22nd, and we go on for quite some time until November 7th because we have to just keep voting and voting and voting. And uh, we're going to take a look at that when I get into the Virginia State Senate and um, determine whether that's a wise idea or not. Uh, but that's another issue for another day. But today we have Deborah Tisler, who is running for the Fairfax County School Board in the Springfield District. And I'm in Springfield, so she would be representing me if elected. And we do have to get this lady elected because she is just fantastic. And we've got to get hold of the school boards. And and it wasn't until COVID hit that anybody realized how powerful the school board actually was. But now I think everybody knows that the school board really has a lot of power to do a lot of damage or good, depending on how uh, it is utilized. And Deborah's going to talk to us about that today. So she is a mother of four and an educator herself. And what I like uh, about what she does also, she's a big advocate for disability rights, which is uh, something that we'll talk a bit about today and, and, and a champion for the parents and the students, because uh, we're going to talk about this as well, that a lot of people don't want you as a parent to have much control over what's being done with your children in school. So um, she has had uh, some dealings with the school board in the past. And with that, I want Deborah to get into all of that and to tell us a bit about herself so you can go out and vote for her in November. So with that, Deborah, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, tell us a bit about yourself and how did we get from Deborah Tisler, the educator and the mother, and uh, just going about your daily routine and your life to getting into politics, which I'm going to tell you, since I'm running, um, it changes your life. It takes a lot out of you, and <laughs> it's it's not for everybody, and it's a very, very, very difficult thing to do, but you've stepped up to the plate, and so what brought you from where you were to doing this now? Because the school system itself, it, it's lost its focus completely now. You know, it's, it's an imperfect system. It is made up of human beings. We are imperfect, but the focus is so gone from the child and that this is a service industry and that they are there to serve the child and the families. It's become riddled with um, political um, agendas and those that want to springboard off the backs of children to their next level. And as a former teacher, I saw what worked and I saw what didn't work. And then as a mom of four, I also saw what worked and what didn't work. And unfortunately, it has switched to more of what isn't working than what is working. And our school system has a $3.5 billion budget, and that's with a B. And there's no reason why we have the scores that are so low right now. Our SAT scores have gone down on the average by 27 points. Some schools have gone down by 70 points in a school. Um, we have literacy scores that are so low. We have children in some areas, uh, you know, demographics that are, uh, you know, only 30% of that population can read at grade level as measured by a very low standard state test called a standards of learning test for reading. And again, that only will assess one area of reading and that's your comprehension, your understanding of what you're reading. Um, and so with that, with that amount of money in the treasure chest, there's no reason why we shouldn't have an excellent education for every child because we know education is the key to success. Education is the key to the American dream. If you can't read that fundamental skill, your hopes and dreams are going to get shut down into a nightmare. Oh, I, I absolutely agreed. So where do you think we've gone wrong in this? And this is going to be a several part question. Where do you think that we've gone, gone wrong in our education? Where did this start? Where did, where did this start? I think it's been, it's been going on for a while, for a long time now. You know, we've had some things historically, when we look back at the federal level, we've had changes. Um, we've had a bureaucracy at the federal level coming in um, and growing 
and developing as low as well as state level bureaucracy growing and developing um, yet with all this growth and development the locality portion has been lost and the importance of the locality to ensure that the children's needs are being met because that really got entangled with the red tape from the federal level and the state level and the confusion which, which i believe there are so many loopholes out there in the federal and state regulations that unfortunately the localities they take advantage of um, whether it is uh, knowingly or not but they do take advantage of loopholes for funding and unfortunately it's a system that failure is funded right it runs on failure the more kids that fail, the more, more money you're going to get. But the strings of accountability to that money is uh, very limited and parents don't have the um, capacity to really fight the local bureaucratic system as to, for example, what are you doing with the funding that you're getting from our local taxes, our state taxes and our federal money for my child? my child is not reading at grade level but you received you know eighteen thousand dollars in funding to ensure that they can read at grade level well uh, you're right there's that missing and the problem with that is that with the money becomes comes ties and with the ties then it brings in programs that are being inflicted upon our children that takes them away from what we would believe as conservatives would believe is education um, can you talk about that a little bit? Because there, there yeah, are, sure. with money comes control, right? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And some, and with that is, you know, there's, there's negatives and there are some very small positives, but there's more negative than there is positive. And you're right. It, it becomes politically attached to, to the funding, um, for other agendas that aren't necessarily in the benefit of the child themselves. And, and do give us some examples of what you've seen of that. I mean, we've seen some of this in the national media, but from your perspective, you know, here, particularly in the Springfield district, what are you seeing? Well, I'm seeing specifically, you know, the, the, the money that's coming in, it's supposed to be used to ensure that we'll take one example for literacy, that the children can read, write and communicate uh, functionally and at grade level at best, right? So, I mean, they should exceed that. The majority of the children can exceed those, uh, you know, average expectations. But that's not the predominant area of discussion at the school board meetings as how to get there. It is more about um, a scripted show that is attached to a party's political agenda. And here in Fairfax County, Virginia, we have that predominance on the school board is the Democratic Party. Um, and whatever initiatives that they might have. And it's not necessarily what the children need themselves. Now, w would you be talking about like, critical race theory? Would that be one of them? Well, critical race theory, we can branch out into, you know, a variety of discussions in there. And I think that um, that term itself has been has been abused for political, mm -hmm. um, you know, agenda, uh, you know, from the Demo on the Democratic side. Um, and the refusal to come to terms and come to table with everyone is that the majority want the truth to be told in history, right? We, we want history to be told because that's how we learn. Right. If we don't know the past, we can't improve the future. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So no one is contesting that. So I think there's a lot of um, inflammatory components that are being brought in um, from our school board in order to maintain their political status and their ability to promote themselves to the next level that we're seeing three on that school board, right, in the Fairfax County School Board that are seeking um, positions in the General Assembly right now. And I don't see how you can expect a promotion when the children have not had their needs met and that we've had a huge amount of teachers that have left the profession under their watch. Now, are they leaving because they're just frustrated uh, with what's been going on? Or what? what is the actual, I'm sure you, you guys do exit interviews. What, what are you hearing from them? Well, you know, based on documentation that I've seen from other FOIAs that have been performed and FOIAs, you know, Freedom of Information Acts, the teachers don't feel supported 
by this school board. Many feel that they themselves are in danger because they're not supported. There are many behavioral mental health issues um, with the children that are in the classroom that they don't feel, the teachers don't feel they are equipped to handle. Right. Um, in the area of special education, there are uh, issues in there where teachers are getting told that they should lie at meetings and not tell the parents the truth about their child's performance um, and feeling threatened and retaliated towards because they speak the truth so that the parents can provide informed consent. When, when did we lose that right as an American and as a parent to be able to provide informed consent? You can't provide informed consent if the school system is obstructing your knowledge about your child. It's a, it's a mega, mega to me constitutional issue. You know, I'm not a constitutional attorney. I don't pretend to be one, but just common sense, just from knowing what your rights are um, and what the regulations state, it just, it doesn't add up. And this is, a, this is what is frustrating the teachers because many of the teachers have, are good hearted. They're in there not, not to become millionaires, but they're there because they want to serve children and those are the ones that we're losing because the system is not allowing them to serve. Yeah, and I think that this is this is really just sort of a. Uh, I mean, you could go almost into a panoramic level of of issues with this, and it's not even just the school boards. I mean, we've gotten to the point to where all of our basic systems and, and institutions in the country seem to be destroyed. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'll even equate it to uh, a big issue of mine, and that's. Um, you know, law enforcement, you know, I, I just listen to this and, I, and I'm going to bring this back to don't worry, I'm not, I'm not di- delving off into law enforcement per se. I'm just saying it reminds me of what we, we've done to law enforcement, right? We've attacked law enforcement. Um, we had defund the police, we, de- you know, defunding them, uh, de-equipping them, demoralizing them, all these types of things. And here in Washington, D.C., which is down right down the street from where you and I live, uh, we now are about 800, somewhat 800, more than 800 officers short. And now they're talking about bringing in people who are not even American citizens to be police officers, and they just were bringing in people who had been previously removed from the police department to bring them in because the homicide rate is higher. I think we're back at 1990s levels of homicide rates, and the the public that the same public that was beating up the police, defunding the police, now wants police because they feel unsafe. Now you extrapolate that back over to the educational system. Somewhere along the line, people thought that our education system was fundamentally flawed and they needed to change it they needed to fundamentally change our educational system just like we did with law enforcement and they're finding out now that this is backfiring right our scores are going down but Mm -hmm. unlike the police where we can look at the um, uh, homicide rates. I mean, those are just statistics that aren't going to go away. You can't hide those. The statistics are what they are. But what, what I'm hearing from you, Deborah, is that in the education system, they're actually trying to cover up what's going, like how bad it is. Am I hearing that correctly? I feel that a lot of these inflammatory type issues um, that are you know, sparked in the media, you know, the media is used to, is, is really weaponized, right, to push agendas. And that's not something new. We, we've seen that historically um, in history, right? Um, and instead of really talking about what the children need and where we're at and doing some truth telling, um, that, that's completely avoided. You're right. There is a deflection from what we need to focus on. And that's what I intend to do when I get on that school board is to refocus that organization and that school board and constantly hammer down what are the fundamental needs of the children and what are we doing to get those fundamental needs to them so that every child can achieve their American dream. Because we know, and this isn't new data, Mike, the Department of Justice has had this out there for decades now, that violence and crime is welded in poor academic performance and specifically illiteracy. Oh yeah. When you look, yeah. when you look at data points, right, um, where seventy to ninety percent of the prison populations, you know, and that will vary from state to state, is illiterate. Yeah. When you look at the juvenile um, delinquency rate and those children, and I'm going to say children that are in prison because that's what it is. We can fluff it up with whatever name we want. It's 
prison for children um, can't read. You're talking 85% of juvenile delinquents can't read. And the numbers are just that high for those that have uh, mental health challenges, trauma that's attached to that mental health, and a, or a learning disability or a disability of some sort is attached in that framework. So then we look at how much the school systems are paid. Again, talking about funding failure, the school systems receive more money for a child in jail to educate them. So for example, here in Fairfax County, Fairfax County Public Schools will receive $45,000 for every child that's put in jail to quote unquote educate them. But as opposed to if it's a child with a disability, a little over, it's a little over $20,000, right? So again, we're talking about funding failure continuously on the spectrum. We just keep throwing money at failure instead of um, success. Well, and that is going to be because the school systems are answering to really elected officials, you know, like what you're doing. And, and it seems to me, and, and I'll let you elaborate on this because you know more, more, more about this than I do, but that it, it seems to me like if the people that are prioritizing the metrics in a school system, which ultimately comes from elected officials, then it's the, the elected officials that need to change. Because uh, it sounds like the school board is dominated by Democrats, and these are the people that have created this failure. And I just heard a quote the other day, and that, and I just thought that it was so appropriate to what we are facing right now. And that is, you don't go to the, you don't go to the source of the problem seeking a solution. And that seems like what we have here is we keep electing these Democrats into office. Uh, particularly on the school board, and they are the source of the problem. But why do we keep going back to these people for the solution to the problem that they created? Am I wrong about that? They have no answers on how to fix that problem. Instead, they will point and say, not our problem, it's your problem because, you know, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're a trans. So they just start throwing name-calling like children, right? Yeah. Um, which shows you even more, the name-calling that playground bully behavior is reflective of their level yeah. of commitment to the children. Because clearly, if you were there for the children and for the betterment of their lives and, and to ensure, because you take that oath, you're going to uphold the Constitution of the United States of America and the Virginia Constitution, right? If you're truly there to do that, your focus is on the children. Mm -hmm. Because by ensuring that they can read, and have those functional skills, you are ensuring that they have their right to liberty, right? And their pursuit of happiness. So it shows you how low level their own um, belief and commitment to the children and to this nation really is. Well, I don't think that they believe in the nation. I, I really don't think that they do. And they have such... Because they believe in feelings over facts, right? And you talked about um, pitting one group against another. And it sounds like you're facing this in the school board, and I'm, I'm certainly facing this in, in my own race, is that the Democrats really gain a lot of capital from keeping groups of individuals separated from one another and at each other's throats. Um, for example, you know, they, they will label everyone, you know, you're, I'm a white male, you're a white female, you have white privilege, um, the system is systemically racist, and on and on and on, but that doesn't account for individuals. Are there individuals that fit that category? Maybe. I don't know. I've actually worked for the federal government for a very, very long time, and I never saw that uh, in this. So, I mean, the, if this was systemic, I would see it everywhere. In the school system, you would see it everywhere. Um, so, what they've taken, you know, they've taken individual issues and problems and then extrapolated that to all people that fit whatever category that person is in. And um, it, it's been very, very damaging. And because of that, they then will say that there's, you know, victims in the school system and we have to do more to help those particular individuals. And it seems to drive the curriculum where, whereas, you know, it, it, it seems like I don't, I'm not an educator. Okay. I'm not an educator, but I do know that whatever Fairfax County was doing years ago seemed to work better because the school system in Fairfax County, 
uh, at one time was considered one of the best in the nation. Um, are, well, I'll ask you, are we still there? And if not, why not? What happened? How did we go from being at the top in the nation to uh, dropping to where we are now? Again, I'm going to go back to the, the focus of the school board um, and the leadership that they mm-hmm. contract to to run the school system and to the infusion of political and personal agendas um, and the uh, deflection from their own accountability and, inabil- and from that accountability, their inability to do what they were elected to do and hired to do. Right? It's so much easier to become the playground bully and to not accept responsibility for their actions. Right? Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to deflect from the truth because that would help evade responsibility. This, is, this isn't a, a Democrat or Republican issue or political, religious, ethnic, racial, nothing. This is about the bottom line, which, which transcends across should transcend across every single person. Children need to read. We're just going to pick one area, right? They need to be literate, read, write, and speak. Because that, as we know, is the key to opportunity. You have that skill. You can do anything else. And right now, these kids don't have that skill. They just don't. And we have a school system with a $3.5 billion budget. So instead of accepting the fact that they failed grossly at ensuring every child has that skill, they don't want to accept the responsibility like children. And that's a problem. And there's no one holding them accountable for taking in all of that money. If you're going to take the money, then you have to provide the goods. This is the only industry where we allow someone or an institution, organization, government entity to take in the money and not provide the good. Does that make any sense? Would anyone roll up through the McDonald's drive-thru and pay them that, of course, the outrageous price? What are they at? $12 for for a meal, (laughs) right? And you get to the drive-thru and they just stare at you at the window and wave goodbye to you. What would you do? What would you do? Every parent needs to think about that. What would you do? You gave them your 12 bucks, you get to the window and the window is locked and they just wave and smile at you. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's what That's they do to your point. child every single day. Yeah. Every single day. You put the child on the bus, they close the doors and they wave bye-bye. They don't give you your money's worth and they return your child back to you. Yeah. And then they and ask then they for more money. You, oh, no, no. Yeah. And then they tell you you can't have a receipt and you can't get a refund. And you can't go to Chick-fil-A who will give you your sandwich. You're trapped. And, I, and this, is no, this is no promotion of Chick-fil-A. This is nothing against McDonald's. I'm just <laughs> using this as an example. This yeah. is the only industry. This is also the only industry that, you know, uh, people don't get removed from their positions. If this was Coca-Cola, Pepsi, um, Apple, I mean, any company, right? And... The board of directors sits down and they look at the data, right? And you didn't return on the product or the sales. The numbers went down. Like the numbers have gone down in Fairfax County for 10 years. Do you think they would renew the contracts of the people that they had in charge? No. So why do we expect less for our children than we do for a can of Coca-Cola? This is what I don't understand. People need to look at the facts and push aside the feelings and elect the people that are going to put the children first. Yeah. And facts, facts over feelings. I've, I've always said right. that because when you look at the liberal agenda, the, the facts never measure up. And like you mentioned, when they get to the point where they lose the argument and they always lose the argument, then the, what they do is they turn and they start calling you names, just like that schoolyard bully that you talked about. And it's, they just bully you into submission. And, but the fact is the facts are on uh, our side. Uh, that's why they, uh, that's why they, they use all these legal tactics to prevent you from getting your information out because they know that the facts are on your side. In fact, that happened to you, did it not? When you were Absolutely sued, were not. you not by uh, uh, fulfilling a FOIA request? Can you tell us a bit about that? I did. So I put in a FOIA request to Fairfax County Public Schools um, 
in 2021 because I wanted to know what they were spending the children's money on and why they were fighting parents that had have students um, that are IDA eligible that are considered to have a disability um, with very high priced attorneys and the parents don't have attorneys. So why are you hiring attorneys to fight parents that don't have attorneys? Does that seem like the scales of justice are balanced there? No, it doesn't. So I noticed there was an uptick in there. Um, I noticed I was receiving horrific calls from parents in Fairfax County um, that have children with disabilities of how they were being treated. I was invited to meetings. I heard how they were treated. I knew how I was treated um, in meetings that I was attending for my own child that's IDEA eligible. He has dyslexia. Um, and when I would question the school system when we had the COVID closures, um, about you've received the funding, you didn't receive a waiver. Why aren't you providing the services to my child that my dollars are funding you for? They would hang up the meetings and end them and then delay providing him his services and such. So there's a retaliatory component. And so I wanted to know, well, who was fueling that kind of emboldened behavior? And so I asked for the legal invoices. And again, I'm just going to say here, I'm not against attorneys. We need attorneys. That's our right here in the United States of America. I am against the abuse of procurement and the abuse of um, weaponizing the system, right? And so I uh, reached out, did my FOIA, paid for it, paid a few hundred dollars, received um, almost 1,500 pages in legal invoices. And they didn't redact them the way that they had wanted to. And they disclosed some very telling information about um, how records were withheld from parents, knowingly withheld records from parents that were trying to fight for their children's rights, rights that are ingrained with our constitution and our Virginia constitution as well, as well as regulations, right? They um, spoke to the misuse of bond funds openly. They spoke about the changing of school property deeds. And I don't remember seeing, and I still haven't found, where the alter the alterations of school property boundaries, um, meaning the sale of land or the change of names or the boundary changes of the property and such, was not public at the school board meetings under the school board. So there was a lot of information in there. There was the wrongful death of a little child um, that was on a bus with a bus driver and an attendant, a preschooler with a disability died of asphyxiation under their care. And, you know, there's some, there's some really horrible things in there and they wanted them back. They wanted to claw them back. They did not want me to allow the public to see all of these things that they were doing because Fairfax spends a lot of money, millions, on public relations. So when you look at their website and their media releases and their social media, that's all done by high-priced, you know, professional public relations people. Um, so they like to keep their image, quote-unquote, a certain way. So again, instead of dealing with these serious issues and ensuring that they don't happen again, they spend way too much time trying to um, remove a citizen's rights like mine. If they had only spent that much energy into fixing the problems, maybe we wouldn't have so many problems here in Fairfax County Public Schools, but they spent a lot of energy to try to take away my First Amendment rights. So um, let me ask you this, uh, just so I'm understanding this. You're saying that when you did the FOIA, they gave you documents, and they it sounds like they intended to redact these documents. After they released them to you, they realized that they did not do that and they Correct. wanted the documents back. Is that what I'm understanding? That's exactly it. They wanted to claw them back and they didn't want me to share them. And they also wanted to know if I had shared them, who I shared them with. Well, is it, okay, then that's why I was asking you the question because is it, is there anything preventing you from releasing those documents? No, legally. not at all. You're, you're legally allowed to do that, correct? Correct. And that's what the Goldwater Institute proved in court and that's what the judge agreed, that I could share those documents. Once they released them to me, they were mine. And what's tragic is that Fairfax County Public Schools then went out on a, um, an attack on me to try and say that I released the names of children 
um, minors' names in those documents, which is not true. Actually, myself and another advocate spent hours redacting out, pre-reviewing, and ensuring that no child's name was released to the public when we shared that information. Okay. Um, so, did, so you did release the the documents? I did. I did release them publicly. Wow. Okay. Um, so this is something that every listener should be checking out. They should be checking these things out. Yeah. And you know what Fairfax did was that they um, sent people to my home to sit outside my house and try to harass me. Really? They did. I had um, individuals that would come and sit at the bottom of my property by my mailbox and just sit there for no reason, just sit there outside my house. And then I would receive phone calls from Fairfax County Public Schools. They would call um, my home line, then they'd call my cell phone, then they'd call my home line, they'd call my cell phone like all day long, pretty much for three days. Then they would have um, a car come and drive up and down. It was the same car that would sit outside my house, which just drive slowly up and down my street. Oh my goodness. This is your government in action. Yes. Oh my this is goodness. a school system. This is the school, a school board. System. The school system. The school system. Oh my goodness. Oh so, my goodness. When was this? This was in um, 2021, the fall of wow. 2021. Wow. Did you ever go public with that? Or is it? Are you? Is this the first time you're talking about this? Uh, no, I've. I've spoken about it. Um, I've been on a few different media outlets, especially during the court case. And if um, the listeners want to go to the Goldwater Institute, they can go to the Goldwater's website and they do have some information. They have the case. They have the complaint that Fairfax County Public Schools filed against me to try to, um, you know, suppress my First Amendment rights. Um, And then Goldwater's response. And then the judge's response here in Fairfax County Circuit Court. If that in and of itself is not a reason to motivate voters to get out and elect you to the school board, I don't know what is. What else does it take? I know. What I else? Go- you know what? In fact, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this uh, and kind of switching a bit to the larger and just the election itself. I will tell you this. I and I'm I'm sure you run into this. You know, is this your, this is your first time running for office, correct? It is. It, I, and to tell you, I never thought I would run for office, but you got to do it. You know, yeah. when, it, when your calling is there, you have to do it. You have to step up and be that patriot and the citizen and do what's right. You do. And, and I'll tell you, the reason why I ask you if it's your first time running for office, because it is my first time running for office. And and I'm sure that you you have some of the same thoughts that I do, that uh, you you may realize that politics is is disgusting and, and dirty and and people do things to you like what you just described. Um, I can tell you this stuff happens, and the, so anybody that's running for office, Deborah, me, any anyone, anybody that's running for office, you got to thank them because if people do not understand what you're putting yourself and your family through, uh, and financially put yourself out financially too, but you put yourself at risk. Like you're, you're demonstrating here right now. But uh, when I have people sit and talk to me about what I should be doing, what you should be doing, and you're not doing enough of this, you're not doing enough of that. You know, the bottom line, my response to that right now is, um, you know, I've put myself out there, you've put yourself out there, and we're available to to get up and lead. None of us are doing this for money. Trust me, you're not making money doing this. You're not. And if you think, oh, well, you're doing it for a title, trust me, it's not worth what you go through to get. It truly is service. It's trying to do the right thing. And the, the bottom line is we have to get these these people out of office, the people that are doing these things. And and I just what, what Deborah just said to you about people coming to her house, calling her, harassing her, driving up and down the road, if that alone is not enough. To get you motivated to get these people out of office. I don't know what it's going to take, Deborah. I just don't know. Have, have we not suffered enough? Have we just not suffered enough? What's going on here? It's it's time. I mean, it's people need to get up and make sure that they show up and that they vote. That's their biggest right to make the change. We have to get out and we need to vote. We can't give up. This is our time. This is our moment. Um, to really bring the facts back to the table and to refocus what are the fundamentals that we need to ensure that every child can 
have their American dream, like I said. I mean, it's nothing's going to stop me. Um, and if Fairfax County hasn't figured that out, I don't know what it's going to take with them. Some Someone told me I need to get a bodyguard at this point. But I had my mailbox. Someone came down my street angry. I had to be two people, a driver and a passenger, and took out my mailbox simply because I want children to read and have their American dream. Does that make any sense? Why would anyone want an individual that wants to ensure children can read and that the rights of disabled students are upheld? I, get, I think get it's just money. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. It, it's money. In the FBI, when you're working white-collar uh, cases, there's there's a, a line, a tagline that every agent knows when you start working criminal cases. That is, follow the money. When you follow the money, you're going to you're going to find the source of whatever issue is going on. Follow the money. And that's what's going on here. There's a lot of money. You mentioned the budget. I think most people have no clue that the school budget is as big as it is. And that's yes. what somebody's making money off of that. So it's not about education. It's not these aren't people. See, the, the problem is that you and I are motivated differently than these people. We're people of service. We're trying to do the right thing. They are not. They they are about making money, and they could care less about the how, how this impacts the the children. I think that's the fundamental difference. And you know, all I can say to the voters is, you get the government you deserve. You don't get the government you need, okay, or the government that you want. You get the one that you deserve when you don't show up and vote. You know, we just had this primary election. You saw this. Um, couple months back and i think what about seven percent of all the the electorate showed up seven percent showed up Mm -hmm. we can't have that that's why we keep why we keep having this and i'll tell you right now hearing what you're telling me the mailbox being attacked you being followed people sitting down at the end of your street that right there what else do you need to know that these people need to go i know it's 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 just it's horrible i just people need to really think about that. And I understand it's difficult for many to wrap their heads around the fact that people and organizations that are supposed to be there for children behave this way. They 100% do. And and it's, you know, think about that fundamental thing, greed and power, right? Greed and power, a lot of money, Mm -hmm. uh, political agendas, personal agendas. um, But people need to sit back and think and really analyze the candidates that are truly there that want to make a difference, that want to ensure, again, that every child in person can achieve their American dream, mm-hmm. right? And uphold our constitution and our rights. That's who you want in there. And you want people that are not going to bend because they're going to get called names. Call me whatever you want. Yeah. Smash my mailbox. I'm not changing my direction. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I answer to one person, and that's God. <laughs> that, that's you know, that's absolutely uh, yeah. right. And you know what, Deborah? Do you feel like we're in a battle, a, a true battle uh, between good and evil right now? I mean, let's just call it what it is. Do you think that we're there? Yeah, I mean, good, good, evil, right, wrong. Yeah, we're definitely in that in that battle right now. Because again, why would someone want to uh, cause harm or or damage the property of an individual that wants? children to be able to read, write, and speak and have the skills so that they can achieve their American dream, right? It makes no sense. What, what is your end game to that, to having that obstructed from a child? Because clearly the school board that we have now, um, and we can talk for hours, um, couldn't do it. They couldn't deliver on it. So why wouldn't you want someone on there that is dedicated to delivering that. I mean, I first became a teacher. Um, my first licensure was in 1995, my special education licensure in 1997. I did not first go to undergraduate school to become a teacher, Mike. I first went to school, I, I was a political science major and I wanted to become an attorney. And I took a class, uh, an elective, and it was on the philosophy of education. And it was there that I first learned about the data points about children that were in prison and how they couldn't read. And I decided at that moment that in order to ensure that that child can have their dream, their American dream, 
um, and their rights to be the best that they can in this great country, I decided to become a teacher because I felt that was more of a powerful force than to be at the end of trying to get children out of the system and out of jail and to become functional people in our society. And so why wouldn't you want someone like me simply because I'm a Republican and you want to call me names? I mean, and not even give me the chance to debate me, right? I, it's just, it's absurd how propaganda um, is really controlling so much of our citizenry. And has Well, and the left um, prevents us from getting our message out, you know, being shut down on Facebook and Twitter and, and right. all social media. I mean, they... Uh, <sighs> and yet they won't face us in a debate. Or right, a exactly, exactly. Because they know that we are about the facts and that our intentions are true. And you can't beat facts and you can't beat true intentions. And they know that the majority of the American people want the fundamentals in the schools. They pay the money in their taxes. They choose to send their child to a public school. They want their child to be able to read, write, and do math and know history and science. Right? That's the majority of America. Mm -hmm. And they know that. So... Mm -hmm. Something but we can't have out. that. So real quick as we wrap up, so give us a few things that if elected um, that you're going to attack right away. What are the big issues for you? Uh, well, the big issues are uh, the money follows the child. And so that is ensuring that the money is allocated appropriately to those direct services that will enable the child to have those fundamental skills that we spoke to in this podcast. And then from that point, finding out the reasoning and where and why the other month, the previous spending through an audit was utilized and if it was utilized appropriately because Fairfax County Public Schools has not had an appropriate independent audit and it needs to happen with a school system of this type of um, budget. Um, the other is to uh, ensure that we remain student focused and not personal and political agenda focused mm -hmm. when you're in the classroom. That's, that's the rights of the parents. Save that for the home life. When you go in as a teacher, you go in as a teacher and you respect the parents' rights. Mm -hmm. So those are my top priorities on day one. Yeah, I, I, you're telling me that we've not, when's the last time we've had an audit of the Fairfax County Public School System? Actually, there's never been a, like a real independent audit. Is that right? That we need to happen. Yeah. And right now, I mean, they're basically audit themselves. They have their own internal quote unquote mechanism. They did have an external um, auditor that they had used a while back, but still it wasn't at that we really need. Um, and again, this system is growing. We've now created a sixth region. So now if you can imagine, we have one county and six regions. And now for that sixth region, we now have a assistant superintendent, a deputy superintendent, an assistant, like an assistant to an assistant leadership, all at salaries of, you know, hold on to your socks, you know, $125,000 plus salaries for these people. Do you know how many teachers you can get for all that quote unquote leadership that you just hired for us? Another sixth region. And Fairfax County has this uh, behavior pattern that when they're failing, they shuffle the deck, right? They'll expand regions to dilute the data points. <laughs> That's right? pretty clever. That's actually pretty clever. Yeah. That's what they do. They dilute the data points. They'll close a school like they did here in Clifton, which that's on my agenda to get Clifton Elementary School reopened um, because quote unquote, I, I was in those meetings. I heard the language. It was, the demographic was too white and it was too successful. And Ooh, it hurt, can't it have hurt, it, no, it can't. It hurt the region data. So instead of going in and looking at how that school was succeeding and bringing in your teachers from the other schools and sharing resources and working together to uplift the other schools and the achievement of those students, instead they closed it down and then they bust out the kids to the underperforming schools to raise their scores. That is, that is just, this is what they do. They yeah. shuffle the deck. They treat children like bureaucratic playing cards and it's wrong. 
it's fundamentally wrong. So that's on my agenda too, to tackle. I have a big agenda and they know that I'm coming. Someone had said to me, I don't think they're ready for you. <laughs> like, well, they better be because I'm coming. Well, and that's um, why that's why they're trying to intimidate you. And you know what I like, Deborah? I like the fact that you're not backing down from that. No, to bring it on. In fact, you know, um, when when they when they break down your your uh, mailbox and things like that, what you should do is not even put it back up. Just put a sign next to it and say, "This is what liberals do. This is how they fight. This is how they fight." And and we need fighters. We really do. Um. I, I, we, we really have to get this message out a bit more that they're, they're intimidating you the way that they are. And then ask yourself, the voters need to ask themselves, now, why would they do that? We're talking the school board here. Mm -hmm. I mean, goodness gracious, what is going on with the school board that they want to resort to violence and intimidation um, to get this through? But you know what? You, you stick, you stick to, uh, I don't want to say guns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, that mean that metaphorically. Um, stick stick to your agenda and do what you do. And don't back down. And do not back down. In, in fact, I would take that as a badge of honor because if, they, if they're if they doing that to you, it means you're having an effect. Because if they didn't think you were having an effect, they wouldn't even bother with you. You know what I mean? Um, so you stay oh, with absolutely. it. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, coincidentally, they did that to me on the day that I guess your fundraising numbers came out too. It was all on that same you know, time frame. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's not going to scare me down away um, at all. I am uh, very dedicated to uh, ensuring, like I said, that every child has the right to achieve their mm-hmm. American dream. Um, I love this country. Um, I also know that we're not perfect, but we're one of the most perfect nations on this planet. And the only way to ensure that is for our future generations is that we have an educated populace like our founding mm-hmm. fathers. And historically, we know from studying other nations and even nations now and societies, those that have an educated uh, populace and populace that can read um, and have the fundamental skills are um, the freer society and can and can actually you know succeed in life. So, um you know, the fact that kids can't read at the level that they need to means that they can't take in the information. I mean, one of the telling signs that I noticed over my careers as a teacher is that the kids were becoming more of put us in line in the chairs, right? Like a factory and just give us the information. Just give us what you want us to know. Mm -hmm. They were unable, many of the children were unable to um, read the way they needed to, and then pull that information out, those facts, like we talk about facts, pull those facts out and then form their own opinion. And if you see a lot of the kids now, especially in their teenage years and, stu- and such, they are struggling. I mean, they're taking in, they're absorbing the opinions of others and when you ask them for the facts on the basis of that opinion, they don't have it because it's really not their opinion. Because if it was, they'd have the facts to, mm-hmm. to back it up. Mm-hmm. And we really need to be aware of that thinking. That means then that the government, anyone, can tell you, and you're just going to have that habit-type um, behavior where you'll just take that at full value and move with it mm-hmm. rather than stopping and thinking, no, that's not right, right? Um, and what are the facts? And ask those questions. And just like with me, I asked those questions. I asked, why are you taking the money and not providing services to my child or to other children? And they ended the meeting and they retaliated. <laughs> of course. Right? Just, I asked, uh, oh, we're, I getting asked a, hey, we're losing the connection right. here. Oh, my goodness. Right. I, I asked for the FOIA. I asked questions about the information in that FOIA. What did they do? They tried to intimidate me and shut me up. Now, those of us that know our history, where else have we seen that? Yep. Right? Do Is this the path that we want for our nation? No, No matter what political side you're on, no matter what your background is, is think about that. Is that what you want? Mm. That's the big question. No, it isn't. And with that, we... Uh, 
it starts with you've got to show up and vote. And I say this, I've said this before and I'll say it again, that if Republicans show up in mass on November right. 7th or during our early voting period, yes. we will win. We will win, but you've got to show up. Guys, uh, the litmus test was uh, in June. We had the primary 7% turnout. We cannot have that. You, you, you've you got to show up. That's your constitutional right to do that. Uh, you've got to do it. And you, look, you've got, we actually have a good slate of candidates up and down from the Senate and, and, and into every other position that is on the ballot. We have some really good Republican candidates but we can't do anything, guys, if you don't get out and vote. So we got to do that. So with that, Deborah, tell us how we can get hold of you um, if we want to. Oh, thanks. Yes. Uh, go to my website. It's Deborah, D-E-B-R-A for school board, F-O-R, school board, um, dot com. And on there, you can contact me. Uh, my information is there. You can email me. Um, and then also I have the video links. Um about that information about the FOIA case where Goldwater had represented me and also about the um, some of the other issues with Fairfax County Public Schools. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we've got, we actually have a lot that we can talk about. Well, so we'll have to yes. have you back on the show, but thank you for thank coming you. on today and passing this on. Very educational, no pun intended. It was, it was very educational <laughs> for, for me and I know for the listeners as well. So thank you for coming on, on the show. Oh, thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to have the platform to get to get this information out there because, um, you know, a lot of people just don't know that this is what's going on. So the more we get the information out there, the more we can get people involved and hopefully get people to, to get up and go vote. And, and make that change that we need. Absolutely. Thanks again. And everybody, this is Mike Van Meter from the Mike Van Meter Show. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out, uh, vanmeter4virginia.com. That's our website. And again, I'm running for the Virginia State Senate 33rd District. And the election is November 7th. Early voting starts September 22nd. Looking forward to all of you getting out so we can take the Commonwealth of Virginia back and end this nonsense because this is a lot of nonsense. And once again, everybody, thanks for joining joining us and we will talk to you next time. Deborah, thank you for coming on the show and we will talk to everybody next time. Bye-bye.